Jay, I would like to personally thank 90 Day Fiance for the Big Ed shower scene last night. That is all the internet can talk about right now. That was the one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen on reality TV ever, I think. I actually laughed out loud to the point where I thought I was going to choke on my alcoholic beverage. Even my wife pretends like she doesn't watch the show, but even she got the YouTube clip of it and was like, oh my gosh, have you seen this? Hi, welcome to Reality Bites. It's Megan and Jay. Tell me about your Easter weekend at home. So my Easter weekend at home, a lot of yard work, a lot yeah. of hanging out with the kids, uh, hanging out with my wife. How did you do the Easter egg hunt and all that stuff? Did you, were you just still able to do it, but she just did it by herself? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, we always do it by So the thing is, is I'm kind of a big kid as well. So when my daughter, who's six, is out there running around, You're I'm trying like, to do it too? I'm elbowing her, trying yeah. to kick her feet out the way <laughs> so I can get to the good eggs with the money in them. Because, right. you know, every once in a while, some money eggs. Yeah, I mean, I heard the Easter Bunny was an essential worker, so was right. still able to uh, to help kids celebrate this weekend. But I, um, I saw something hilarious online where this group of women, I guess they're all part of the same family, they did an Easter egg hunt, but instead of Easter eggs, they had bottles of wine hidden. I mean, they had a big backyard and these women were like running for their lives, collecting these bottles of wine. I was like, what a great idea. And they weren't even like the mini bottles, right? No, there. no. They full like bottle, full size. size. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> How was your weekend? <laughs> well, let's just say I decided to drunk dial my parents. Oh, that's always good. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's better than drunk dialing some stupid ex, but uh, my dad definitely reminded me yesterday on Sunday, like, yeah, are you okay? Because Saturday, my friends decided to do this virtual brunch, right? Like, oh, we can't go out to brunch, so we'll all hop on, you know, Skype and or Zoom. I don't even remember what we were using, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll have brunch together from our houses. Well, they were all drinking mimosas mm. but i'm not drinking like orange juice because there's too much sugar in it and i've been doing this low carb lifestyle for a while now Maybe straight vodka well, it was too early for red wine. What else was there? <laughs> I was just kidding. Oh no, I was legitimately drinking vodka um, starting very early on Saturday. And my problem is that once I start, I have trouble stopping. You know what I mean? So by the time the early afternoon evening rolled around, I hadn't eaten. Oh, my gosh. And I had been drinking vodka, Sprite Zero. And then I just I do a little splash of one of those flavored sparkles. Sparkling waters. Right, right, right. And yeah, I finished watching Unorthodox on Netflix because my parents had watched it. And I called my parents in a drunken stupor. <laughs> and apparently, my dad informed me that my great grandfather was a Hasidic Jew, which I don't know how I never knew that. Oh, wow. Um, and you know how they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Well, I'm the apple that fell as far away Way from the tree far. as possible. Um, so I just found that mind blowing. And then yesterday, I had to tell my dad that it's not time for AA meetings yet. <laughs> I'm okay that there was there was a reason because I did this virtual brunch with my friends, which turned out to be a terrible idea and will not be doing that again. But then, of course, last night, 90 Day Fiance, before the 90 days, back with a new episode, the Big Ed shower scene. I want to go back and watch it again because I laughed out loud when she started spraying him with the hose. But let's not do Ed and Rosemary yet. Hold on. That's the, yeah. That, that's, I think we spent the most time on their storyline last night, so we'll save them for later. Okay. Let's start with Yolanda who was MIA last night all we saw was a preview where she's going to tell her daughter about the blackmail email and her storyline just feels like we're what seven episodes in yeah and we're only like 
two or three days into her story. Right, because they've really been stretching it as much as possible. And my question is, why even leave it in then? I mean, once you finish filming the show and you realize, like, oh, this poor lady, these people were trying to extort her for money. If she doesn't pay them, they're going to release these photos of her. And she's, you know, she's a mom of, like, five kids. Like, how mortifying would that be for her? Let's just... Let's just leave that one alone. We don't still need to be right. back at the the email. She hasn't even booked her trip to England yet. Back to where we started, episode one. Right. We haven't made any progress, really. Like, it's unnecessary. Yeah, it feels very drawn out. Unless there is some big plot twist to all of this. We've seen it happen before. We can't rule it out, but I'm not feeling optimistic about no, Yolanda not, and the Williams. Not at all. Moving on to David and Lana. Here we go with David, who should be with Yolanda. They are just like a match made in heaven, right? They're both from Vegas. They both live in Vegas. They're about the same age. They're age appropriate. They should at least hang out together. They could be blissfully unaware of life (laughs) together. You know what I mean? Just live in their own little bubble of like... And it was so funny because I was reading this article. It was called Toxic Positivity. And that's what I feel like Yolanda and David... A lot of people on this show suffer from toxic Toxic positivity where you are trying to make so many concessions and make the most and the best out of these situations when like the average level-headed person would be like, are you insane? Like at some point you have to be realistic. And it talks about how dangerous toxic positivity can be because you can wind up in very volatile situations. Like with David now heading eight, nine hours away, like the guy can't even read the signs at the train station. How in the world did he, was he able to find his way? Navigate the highway system. Eight, nine hours to her hometown. Now, first of all, why would he leave at noon for an eight, nine hour drive? Like, who does that? He's like 60. So, well, actually, no, he's 60. So he should be up early in the morning. And most people, like, you know how much anxiety I would feel if I waited until noon to start an eight hour drive? I'm one of those people who's like, nope, we are up. We are on the road by 8 a.m. so we can get there. Still daylight. But because he leaves at noon and he winds up getting a flat tire 300 miles into his trip he's on the side of the road trying to change a tire in the middle in the dark that was the crazy part to me and i know you know obviously the crew has to kind of be you know they're supposed to be in the background but come on could you pitch in help the guy i mean he's like 60 years old (laughs) you know like midnight he's probably as old as your grandfather production guy ukraine somewhere come on camera guy get out of the car and help him jeez Jeez. i mean they did say david you okay you hear the producer like (laughs) yelling out the window can you hurry it up we got to get a move on So he arrives in her hometown late at night. He gets up the next morning and he sets out on foot with a picture of her, hoping that someone in her hometown will recognize this picture because he's afraid that if he just shows up at her front door, it's going to like creep her out. Oh, but just wandering around your neighborhood, showing pictures to people, being like, this is my girlfriend and I can't find her. Have you seen her? Do you know who she is? I mean, that's the that's again, though, this like complete lack of self-awareness in the part that I find so fascinating about him is like he doesn't seem to be as mortified as 
most of us would be now your fourth trip over there. You just got stood up a fourth, fourth time. time with a camera crew in tow. Yeah. And he doesn't seem all that embarrassed by it. Yeah, I would be, yeah, like you said, embarrassed, mortified, angry, like all these emotions yeah. would be going through. And he's just kind of like, well, hopefully she's online so I can chat with he's her. He's like, I made it this far and I'm, I'm, I'm still going to propose to her if I can find her. So finally he goes to this little candy shop, oh my which is in the neighborhood that she told him that she lived in. And there's only one little candy shop there. So he's like, "That's I'm going to go to the candy shop. And the lady there will be like, yes, that's her. And she lives right around the corner. But the lady at the candy shop's like, uh... Nope. Nope. Never seen her before in my life. No idea who that is. I felt like that was just another lady looking out for another lady, which I applaud because... Yeah, I mean, listen, if someone walked in and was like, do you know this girl? A guy, an old guy walked in and showed me a picture of my friend and was like, do you know who this is? I'd be like, "Mm mm-mm. And if they said that that was their girlfriend and you're like, I've never really heard her talk about yeah. you, sir, so... Right. Unless the girl in the candy shop is very well aware of who David is. <laughs> or, she, or she could be new, which is what David thought. Like, she must have just started Oh, yeah. There. Toxic positivity. She just must be a new employee at the candy shop. Right. So he goes back to the hotel and he logs on and she sent him a message. It's really just a one-line note. Yeah, but it was very odd. It was like, is do you still want to meet and get a visa or something like right. that? It was very it wasn't like, oh, sorry about the train station. Right. Oh, you know, I can't believe we missed each other. Or oh. I was I was there and I waited right. and you didn't show up, so then I went back. Nothing. None of that. And so it was it's odd how again, toxic positivity. Absolutely. He's just like, Oh my god. He's giddy and is like, All is forgiven. This is gonna happen now. And something tells me he's about to get stood up for a fifth time. <laughs> And yeah. guess what? She ain't showing up this time either. Uh-uh. I mean, unless she does. <laughs> unless unless the show is really going to pull the rug out from under us on next week's episode, which I do not think is going to happen. But this poor guy, I mean, at a certain point, to me, it almost borderlines on, on like a mild mental illness. Like, you need help. If you live yeah. in that much denial, there's a reason why you're unable to accept the the truth and the reality of the situation, Absolutely. right? So, um, speaking of someone who needs therapy, <laughs> let's go to Tom and Darcy. Oh, uh, Darcy, I didn't come up with this term, but I think it's brilliant. Darcy is really going through the post-traumatic Tom disorder right now. So we pick up with Tom. Darcy has just stormed out of their meeting. Right. And he is now realizing, like, oh, man, I'm about to look like a real dickhead on TV. (laughs) So he calls his sister. So he walks outside. It's the return of Emma Jane. Yes. Who we love. She is. She's she's fun. She's nice. And he's talking to his sister about what just happened. And the sister's like, well, did you go after her when she stormed out? And he's like, no. And she's like, I told you all along this wasn't the right thing, but I don't know. And then Tom decides that he can't leave New York like this. And it's like, a.k.a., you want more screen time on the show. Right. You can't just let a sleeping dog lie. You have to keep beating the dead horse. Tom, no. Just text her an apology and be done with it. Well, Tom knows that he's lost a lot of weight. And yes. And he's got, the, you know, the, the blue steel look going again. Right, and, and right. so, you know, even the way he was posing kind of on the shoreline in Very New York. Very melodramatic. Yeah, looking at, come on. Looking off longingly into the distance. Yeah, Tom, like I've said all along, is feeling himself Absolutely. these days. Absolutely. And, uh, and then we head over to check in with Darcy in her hotel room. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. She's doing Darcy things. She's crying. Crying in a robe. And I 
I've, I guess I've just never seen someone who feels as sorry for herself as she does. She really does. She really it goes into this full-blown victim mode. He was a Jesse in disguise. Instead of understanding, like, there, there's something within me that keeps attracting these types of situations to my life. She doesn't seem to have that that level of awareness to be able to understand that she is also part of the problem. Absolutely. Like, she keeps finding herself in these situations, but she's not... It's not all everybody else's fault. She has some responsibility for her own, you know, situation. And it's also very odd, and I'd have to look back at some of the older episodes of her when she was with Jesse, because who was the Jesse before Jesse? Because now it seems like every situation is, oh, this is just like with Jesse. Oh, he was just a Jesse in disguise. I knew you were going to do the same thing that Jesse did. And it's kind of like, were you like that before Jesse? Was there someone else who... Yeah, is this all because of your relationship with Jesse? Or was this actually going on long before? And something tells me that you know, as you become an adult, you don't necessarily develop. Uh, yes, going through a traumatic relationship can have a lasting effect, a lasting impact on on your life and your ability to like love again and trust again. And I do understand that. But it does seem with Darcy and her sister that there is something else. Remember, like last season, I said I would love to see Stacy and Darcy's parents and what that relationship what that is like. Is, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of Stacy and Darcy and this insecurity and doing all the fillers and the, the way they dress and the big boobs and the hair and the... It's all has to stem from something way, way, way back, right. right? Something they're trying to prove to somebody else. And I wish Darcy would understand that she's her own worst enemy. She projects all of her expectations onto these next to impossible foreign fairy tales mm-hmm. And then when they don't play out the way she expected them to, all of a sudden, poor Darcy, woe is me, pity right. party for one, and you then know. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of, absolutely. Well, you don't really care about me the way I thought you were going to care about me. Well, it's because when I was trying to care about you, you wouldn't let it kind of happen organically. Right. You're trying to force it into, like you said, like a fairy tale yep, book. Of yep, this, and this- even last season when she was over in the UK, several times Tom said, I just need you to like be you and yeah. i feel like everything is this overproduction it's not a nice day out it's the best day of your entire life and <laughs> right. you know she went over there expecting to get engaged to this guy and i i just at a certain point she does it to herself absolutely and i she's got to realize that I don't think she will realize that, but she should realize She that. should. I mean, and she what? Just celebrated her 45th birthday? Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, it is time to take control of yourself and your actions. And, you know, it's so true. It's cliche, but it's so true. People will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Absolutely. So you have to, at a certain point, set those very clear boundaries. And if someone oversteps, then you be done with them. You don't let this thing drag out for months and months and months. And either she is a really good actress or she is legitimately now upset about the way this all played out but it's like when you left england that first time and he became so distant like right, you kind of knew it was on the horizon right and even before this meeting when she was meeting up at the spa quote unquote with her friends the pool at the hotel right. <laughs> i mean they had they had clearly all talked and discussed about well you know what this is kind of a i'm gonna be me and you do you yeah. and i don't need you in my life right. type situation and she had already seen the pictures of tom with the other girl right. but then when she got to the meeting it became a very much of oh i knew you're gonna do this and why couldn't you just 
break up with me over the phone and hopefully this is the end but we know it's not because <laughs> not we know he's gonna try to meet up with her one more time before he leaves new york and hopefully she doesn't take the bait come on darcy this is the true test if he wants to meet up with you one more time to quote unquote clear the air this is your opportunity to say no thank you let's leave it where it is because she also wants more screen time. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right. Lisa and Usman. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. We pick up at the goat market, which... Just a slightly uh, changed attitude Miss Lisa did. Yeah. I mean, I think after Usman put his foot down, I think she realized that, like, she's not going to be the one calling all the shots. Yeah. So they're heading to the goat market, which I understand in places like Nigeria, goat markets are an essential part of daily life. You know, you need goats. They provide goat milk at a certain point once goats have matured. It's meat. Usman said it was meat. Yep. You eat them. It's a part of life in Africa, but it's hard to watch, right? Because, like, I don't understand how you could get a goat and then keep it for a while and not get attached to it like i would think it would be the same one with cows like but it's barney like you can't kill barney (laughs) (laughs) so they pick out a goat and uh they want want to say she she was opting for a very well-fed goat yeah yeah she's like hey if this is by the pound these look like some skinny goats where you would think she'd be like ah give me whatever right no she knew what she was looking for she wanted to make a good impression because this is a size showing up and bringing a goat is a sign of of respect and so they wind up paying 115 dollars for a goat which sounds a little pricey so that's where i couldn't understand again i don't know why he doesn't like why is there no negotiation going on with these purchases right there'd be uh, our boy Ed in the Philippines or, you know, Usman here, like, hey, 115, eh, I don't know. How much does that go over there? Okay, well. Maybe but yeah, we'll, will you do it for 100? Right, can you do it for 100? But like, how much could you buy a goat for here? I don't know. Like, I feel like you could get a goat for like 50 bucks. Could you? Well, you know what? Uh, this weekend, my sister went to uh, adopt a rescue animal from uh, the local shelter. Yeah, I heard the, you guys are getting a dog. Yeah, just, did you get one? Uh, we looked at some dogs and she wants to get a dog. I mean, it's not my dog. It's going to be her dog. So. But, did, but you that you did say that there will be times the dog is staying at your house. Yeah, they want the dog to stay at my house. So. <laughs> so it's essentially going to be your dog, Jay. Welcome to the dog owner club. But it's going to be like $150 just to, uh, you know. Right, but when you get them through the rescues, they come fully vaccinated and they've already been spayed or neutered and, you know. But the dog was like this big, so I can imagine a large goat would cost you a little bit of money. Yeah, but they don't determine adoption fees based on how much a dog weighs. You're not paying by the pound that's to cover the services that the animal has received in the rescue organization you know what i mean like so i don't know maybe it is more like buying a cow where i don't know how much a cow costs but i would imagine it's pricey to buy a whole cow we need to brush up on our animal husband on our farmer (laughs) we would not make good farmers like i don't know how much that's worth like what do you have in your wallet i don't know um so they get the goat they put the goat in the back of like an uber which is crazy that the goat is so well behaved that it's just gonna sit back there. I would imagine but the goat that's would just. Why goats are like pets, you know? They're sweet. Would you like a goat? I would love a goat. Would you really? Oh my god, yes! And I'd keep it in my backyard <laughs> so I wouldn't have to mow my grass because they do all they your yard do. work they for you. They absolutely do. But cleaning up goat poop is like I don't know what type of situation that is. <laughs> yeah. Like cleaning up after my dogs is enough for me. Right. Like, do they take big poops? <laughs> no. Or idea. is it like rabbit poop? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would need more information. Um, I also would love to have chickens too. Chickens I think. I could live on a farm if I'm being honest. I would need to learn a lot more, but I think I could do it. If somebody else would take care of the poop situation, I could feel like I could do the rest. So they take the goat back to their hotel and just 
leave it outside tied to a post. I didn't even see it tied. I just seen the goat just hanging out. And the goat seemed very excited about the grass offering at the hotel because yes. it did not look like that's how the goats were fed at the goat farm. And then they go inside and Lisa puts on the traditional Nigerian garb, which I have to be honest, when, when Angela did it and when Lisa did I it. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, good for you it guys. Really flattering. It looked really nice on them. Yeah, I liked that color, that the blue and the, yeah. I they she- both seemed kind of hesitant with it, but it really did look good on both of them. And I guess I can understand how putting on wardrobe that you're not used to right. wearing can take you out of your comfort zone a little bit, but um, she, they puts it on, they load the goat back into the back of the car, and now they are headed to Usman's town where his mother, where his family lives, with Barney in the back, and things don't go well. Not at all. So all of the females of the family, and again, Lisa knows going there that Usman is from a very conservative Muslim family mm-hmm. and knows that they have to get mom's blessing in order to wed, in order to have permission, the blessing to get married. So she shows up with the goat and she's like, my whole future rests on this goat. <laughs> and they get there and like from the get go. Tension. The family is like, what is this? And I love how Usman told his mother that Lisa's a doctor. Like, okay, like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Doctor. All healthcare workers. Oh, no, absolutely. But it's, it's, yes. But there is a huge difference. Between. Huge difference. But the fact that she's a doctor is not enough for Usman's mom. Right. You would have thought that would have been, oh, wow, she's oh, a doctor. Oh, she's a doctor. Okay, nice. That's a pretty distinguished profession. It was kind of like, yeah, and. Right. And so mom says, absolutely not. There was no even trying to, like, mom was just keeping it 100. She yep. was like, there was no kind of like, oh, well, mm, let me think about it. Let me sit here and be polite. It was kind of like, let me put on my purple uh, shawl and I'm out. Out like a trout. Because this is not going <laughs> Um Thanks so, for the goat. Right. <laughs> Thanks for the goat. <laughs> Thanks for Barney. <laughs> um, so then Usman's like, uh, we should probably leave. <laughs> and he does try to talk to his brother and convince his brother to talk to the mom. But I'll be honest with you, I'm still really confused why after they're at this point in their trip he still wants the blessing from the mom because that would have been the perfect opportunity to be like oh well my mom said no so i guess we can't get married you know right. what i mean this, this, like this that a, was your out this Usman. was a perfect out right here yeah. perfect smooth break like hey can't go against my mom the fam right. not gonna work out sorry about it we tried right <laughs> but he is gonna keep trying to convince his family that that they should accept lisa we'll see if the family comes around or if they'll go through with it without the family's blessing that's an option too he really wants to get to america yeah he does all right jeffrey and varia oh boy okay (laughs) jeffrey and varia have now woken up in siberia at varia's mom's house before they even sit down to have breakfast we get another shot of jeffrey's weird nipple tattoos things are so like what was he thinking what was that for was it a bet that he lost was it a prison tattoo was it a prison tattoo i don't know you know the camera guy is like oh oh, there they are yeah film 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 get it (laughs) so as they're eating breakfast we learn out of the blue that Jeffrey has a friend named Igor who, who lives? lives in Siberia. Like, okay, Jeffrey has a Russian friend back home in Tennessee. Right. Now he has a Russian friend in Siberia. Like, what? How, how many Russian friends do you have, Jay? Uh, zero yeah, at, I mean, the, at like, the moment. It's just... I'm, I'm looking to expand my circle, though, so... Yeah, I mean, if you happen to be Russian, we would love to, for you to be our friend right. so we can have Russian friends, too. I just find it a little odd. It is that very odd. 
he has the Russian friend in Tennessee. He now has the Russian friend in Russia, and he's trying to date a Russian girl. Uh, so anyways, they're going to head out. They're going to go sightseeing, and they wind up at Varya's school that she went to, which if I were giving someone a tour of my hometown, I don't know if like my elementary school would be on the tour. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of an interesting, kind of very, very classically Russian, kind of just dreary looking. Institutional. Building, institutional looking yeah, type. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe in that sense. Like, well, you oh, couldn't take him to like. Siberia is supposed to be very country and there's not a lot, you know, going on. There's a lot of Maybe that's bears. the only place you right. could take him. Yeah. I don't and know. In the background, you can see there's like other people looking like they're walking around or maybe taking a tour. Yeah. So, I don't. Maybe that's a really popular. Maybe it's a, a national landmark. Right. Maybe it's like a Chernobyl type place. I don't know. I mean, they did turn chernobyl into like a tourist attraction right um was that insensitive i don't, I don't think know. so okay sure. if we had russian friends we'd know so that's, <laughs> that's why we need russian <laughs> friends uh so jeffrey knows that he has to tell varia about his past especially before they go meet igor one of jeffrey's friends right so what i love about this scene is that he tells her about one of his arrests but like there have been several of them Multiple. so you're still not telling her the truth all he tells her is that he went to prison for two years for dealing drugs but what about the other times you got arrested right no none of that comes up none of that's very important <sighs> so she she says ultimately that she's going to need time to think about it like if she had known that up front she never would have had him come to russia so we'll see what she decides like you like you said in previous weeks like hopefully this is the end again much like this one <laughs> please like clean like hey this is your opportunity to be like oh you got a record i gotta go you yeah pass it back yeah to there's your out take the out <laughs> right, it's an easy it. out just take it the door is open just walk through it uh, um right. all right avery and ash um avery i have to say is probably one of the most pragmatic level-headed people that has ever been on the show she's about business she's like look i'm not on vacation here <laughs> like this is like i enjoy going to the crocodile park and i enjoy all these fun activities you have planned for us but i'm here to figure out the logistics and the details of this and put a plan in place to get you and taj to the united states the end <laughs> she really is <laughs> all of a sudden we we do start to see ash wavering a little bit he the is. story that he has told her all along is like yeah 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 it's no problem we'll bring taj to the u.s it's gonna be great and now after meeting Ash's brother and the way Ash is very, um, it, he has an avoidive technique when it comes to being asked questions. He doesn't give direct answers. Well, he thank talks. Thank you very much. I appreciate your concern yeah. with Adam. He uses a lot of floral language yes. to deflect. And I have a feeling that she is about to expose him as a gaslighter. That the more pressure she puts on him to meet with his ex-wife and to meet Taj, the more he's going to try to flip it and make her seem like, she's the crazy one or she's in the wrong and she's being too aggressive and something tells me that ash is going to be singing a different song in a week or two absolutely i feel like some stuff is about to blow up next episode yep and no. so after their crocodile park adventure they are back at their airbnb and she's having some wine and uh and all of a sudden his tune has changed and he's working on it whereas before it was no problem 
problem. Right. Now he's working on it. And she says that she has a feeling that, you know, he's not really being as honest with her. The reality of the situation. Of the situation. And he even says, I don't want her to meet my ex-wife because I don't know what my ex-wife's <laughs> going to say. Well, that's a bad sign. <laughs> right. I mean, but also it could be a very, you know, predictable sign. Like if you are, if you do have an ex, there's a good chance they are going to say bad stuff about you. You can let her know like, hey, we ended on bad terms, whatever, whatever. And she's going to say, you know, I'm a lying, cheating scumbag. Right. Just want to give you a heads up. Right. But, you know, he has to keep everything kind of, oh, no. It's okay. He try. He's still trying. But something tells me that there is some sort of switch that's about to flip. And all of a sudden he's going to make her out to be the one who's too difficult. And, you know, but we'll uh, see. Absolutely. Stephanie and Erica, the couple that I think we all were really hoping things were going to go well with because they seemed the most the most well matched of all the couples this season. The most realistic about the relationship, the kind of closer to age and, you know, social dynamic. And it's just all gone to heck. And while Erica does definitely have some flaws because we all have some flaws, I feel like Stephanie is really kind of not seeing the full picture almost in a Darcy-esque type way right now. Yeah, I think either one of two things is happening. Either the show is editing her mm, to look bad. It's very possible. Or she has a lot about herself that she has not been honest with, not only with Erica, but with herself. With herself yes. And sometimes these types of situations really start, you know, when you step out of your average everyday norm, like it sounds like Stephanie lives in a bubble back in Yonkers. Yep. And she's never pushed outside of her comfort zone. And now all of a sudden she is and her true colors are starting to show. And I don't know if she even knew what those true colors were so it starts with after they have that horrible dinner date which was supposed to be all romantic they wake up the next morning and they do still decide they're going to go to port augusto or or port augusta port augusta uh which is erica's hometown where they plan to meet erica's friends meet erica's family but on the four-hour trip from adelaide to port augusta another argument another argument every time they try to communicate they that's the real issue is like they a, they don't have a healthy communication uh, foundation. Right. They don't communicate well with each other. So part of the argument that occurred on that road trip actually stemmed from them waking up that morning and Erica kind of relaying to one of her friends over the phone. Right. That um, the night before they had kind of a blow up and, you know, she's just saying, I don't know how to deal with this. And, you know, something I'm not very used to. Well, she told Stephanie. That yeah, that's what they were talking about. Her and her friend and Stephanie was kind of like, oh, well, I wish you wouldn't tell your friends about the problems that we're having now. While I understand both sides of this. Absolutely. I thought the exact same thing. Because as Stephanie, I'm like, I've been here for a few days. I haven't even met your friends yet. And already they're going to have a negative impression that we're already arguing. We already have this contentious relationship. On the other hand, I also appreciate the fact that Erica is honest and is like, uh, yeah, I just got off the phone with a friend of mine because I need help figuring this out. And my friends are the people who help me figure these types of situations out. So again, it's just a difference in, I don't know. That's the hard, that's what's so difficult. And that's what makes me actually like this storyline. Yeah. Even though it is kind of sad because I would like to see them just kind of be happy together. But I like it because there is that interesting dynamic where neither one of them is totally, totally just out of pocket. But, you know, they both 
are contributing to some of the issues. I feel like Stephanie's contributing a little more. I think some of her, like you said, maybe some of her insecurities are her not really knowing herself. Her not knowing herself. And that also brings me up to how long has she, was she recently diagnosed with the issue, her health issue? Because when you go back and they talk about it, they kind of show the old pictures of her in the hospital, but it seems like it's only been over the last couple years and it hasn't been going on since like, let's say she was eight or nine or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how old she was when she was diagnosed. And so if this is kind of a new reality for her, this whole, you know, having to disinfect and clean and you know and she's probably never traveled if she was diagnosed recently she's probably never traveled right. with her illness and so that's probably adding a lot of stress to her plate because like i said it would appear from what we've seen before that her life in yonkers is pretty buttoned up routine right. you know she doesn't go out and party and put herself at risk and of compromising her immune system so the other another thing that they kind of argued about was the fact that erica had an app on her phone a mm-hmm. date app well i have done some research and i now know apparently erica has since posted screenshots of her it's called a bumble biz account where you actually can use it to like if you have a special skill or a trade to post about who you are and i have what her account says so stephanie probably just saw the bumble part and most of us know what bumble is correct definitely a dating app but she didn't really necessarily notice the biz part bumble biz or know what the biz part would be about so one of the screenshots that erica posted is from her bumble biz profile that says award-winning photographer best small business and sa regional outback people's choice 2016 port augusta's most popular business 2017 2018 specializing in families pets and weddings resident photog for sa hairdresser of the year so i mean she's listing her resume nothing about her profile says that she's trying to go on dates or anything like that see and that's so that's where sometimes erica and erica has done this a couple times where if she would just kind of explain just say that say hey this is a like she said it's a networking aspect to it here check it out look here i'll show you what my profile says that i use this to get clients that it's bumble biz right that i'm not trying to get dates out of this i think she would have done that that would have you know avoided a lot of the issues but then i also think that stephanie kind of goes too far and then all of a sudden she really does take a victim mentality kind of a oh you don't understand me you'll never understand me and i can understand erica's frustration when she kind of makes it sound like oh well what i go through is so much harder than what you have to go through and you'll never understand right that can really make you feel at some point all right well yeah right if i guess if i can never understand you then why are you here right Now, they meet up. Once they're in Port Augusta, they meet up with Claire, one of Erica's friends. All of a sudden, Stephanie's like, yeah, I didn't like that date with the making molds of our chests. And again, they wind up leaving, arguing. And we do know that Erica has planned some kind of a party with all of her friends to meet Stephanie. Something tells me that is a very bad idea. Like, just that is absolutely a bad idea. Cancel the party. Like, clearly, Stephanie is not not really up for this, not really down, not really game. Adjust the game game plan and send out the evite that says party's been canceled right uh i don't know if that's going to happen with the way erica is she definitely wants to maintain a little bit of herself still yeah and she feels like she's losing some of herself in this relationship and stephanie i don't stephanie could go either way yeah she's we'll see we'll see if they can she's gonna get up like we'll see if they can salvage range. any of this um last but not least we have ed and rose marie uh Ed. Oh, Ed. Oh, Ed. Ed. Ed just had no idea what he was in for, right? I mean, he just, he had no clue 
how she actually lived. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I can, you know, I don't want to downplay the fact that, I mean, she really lives in what most people would say is squalor. Like, like, like a shanty, right? right? Like a shack. Really tough. But you would think that at some point in their three month or four month, however long it's been that they've been video chatting, that, you know, you would have to know to some extent, like that she doesn't actually have a bed. I don't know. I, maybe she goes to an internet cafe and that's how she communicates with him. Like, who knows? Doesn't look like they have internet in their house. Well, he said that, you know, he knew that, like, she doesn't have proper sheets for him and all that kind of stuff and a grill and a lot of different stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. So, they are still at Rosemary's house. They have, it's the day they have arrived and they've had this meal together and it is the first night of staying at her house with her sister, with her son, Prince, all of a sudden, Pa decides that he's going to spend the night, too. <laughs> and Big Ed, who's like, I have never spent the night in a room with my girlfriend and her dad, which, of course not, because like most of us have not done right, that. But Rosemary's dad does decide to go next door and stay at the neighbor's house. Now, she starts putting out her bedding, which, like he points out, is not an actual bed. It's like a mat that she puts out on the floor. Absolutely. And you take someone like Big Ed, who I was surprised. I'm honestly surprised he actually stayed the night. I was too, actually. I thought for sure he'd be like begging the camera crew, please <laughs> let me, I'll come with, I'll give you anything you want if I can come stay in the hotel with you. Because the crew has to be staying in a hotel. Right. They can't be. I the crew is not on a mat in the living room. Well, one crew member might stay there, I guess. I don't think so. No, I don't think like, any of them actually, cause you never see them in the middle of the night together. That's true. So it's always like the camera crew films, finishes filming leaves and then comes back in the morning okay and then they have to have like production vehicles too so go i'm surprised you didn't sleep go sleep in the, sleep van. In the van exactly so it's rainy season in the philippines which oh is another gosh. thing that apparently big ed had no idea that that's a thing <laughs> and he's freaking out over thunder there's exposed wiring he's well like, that would be a little disconcerting wouldn't it the exposed wiring when he was like hey is that gonna be okay and she's like oh no don't worry about it Ed. like you're just a big scaredy cat but then the lights actually do go out right and the fan goes off Oh, man, that had to be miserable. I'm not going to lie. That had to be miserable. I don't know how he made it through the night, but he does. They wake up in the morning, and he... <laughs> Big Ed is broken. <laughs> He's broken. One night in the Philippines has broken him. Because he agrees quickly. Like... If someone had asked me, like with my wife, hey, you know, her father wants to take a shower with me, there'd be some serious like, um, uh, excuse me, how, what? How is this going to work? Yeah, what, what <laughs> now he is, he's broken. He decides that he can't do this another night. He is going to find a way to go to a hotel, try to convince Rose that they should like go spend some more time together. And she's bummed. She wanted him to stay there with her family, get to know her son. Right. And now we get the infamous shower scene. Where Pa comes out and they're at, they're both fully clothed and Big Ed's like, how does this work? And I will say he's a pretty good sport about it. He was. He definitely was. So they take their shirts off. They leave their cargo shorts on. Shorts and underwear, I'm pretty sure. And all of a sudden they just start taking the bucket of water and splashing themselves in the face. Soaping up a little bit. Big Ed drops the soap, <laughs> sees the rat. Another thing that as an American, like that would startle me. It's not because it's not sanitary. Now that was. She said it was a mouse. That did not look like a mouse. That was a rat. But we all know that that was a rat. But she says like oh, it was like a mouse. That's not a mouse. It was large. It was brown. It was yeah. almost cute. It was almost a cute little. <laughs> but there's also bunnies and chickens running right. around the house. And it, I like where he has that moment of like, 
what am I doing? This is insane. <laughs> like, he has that aha moment. And then the part that just made me laugh is when she brings that, breaks out the hose and starts, like, hosing him down. <laughs> uh, and that water had to be cold. There's oh, no it, way it was warm water. Well, even Pa, who is used to taking baths that way, he was, like, shivering and, like, oh, cold, oh, cold. <laughs> but after they make it through the shower, now it's time to go to the piggy farm. <laughs> now, someone is going to have to physically stop me from buying a ticket to the Philippines to go get all those dogs. I didn't even notice the dogs. Oh, my god they were there was like five of them and they obviously just try to eat whatever they can scraps from the pig farm honestly did not notice one dog it was heartbreaking to me i mean and as an animal lover that's the kind of stuff that like not only people live in poverty but these poor animals are just have to fend for themselves because they're not being taken care of. That's true. So they get to the piggy farm. We all know Big Ed is not going to be capable of, you know, he falls, slips in the mud and he's trying to like feed the, he's like trying to throw the food in. It's a calamity of errors and it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's comedy. Yes. It's funny to watch. But then again, I don't think it's just because it's him. I think you take any American who's never been in that type of situation and it is going to be funny to watch. And he's trying to make a good impression with the dad because he wants to take Rosemary away from the family for a little bit to go on this like little so he can stay in a hotel right. so he can have air conditioning and the one thing you know so I had a lot of sympathy and I felt like you know Big Ed was a good sport about most things in that uh, situation the one thing I wish he would have considered was you are going to have to spend some time with Prince so why couldn't it be you Prince and Rosemary going to a hotel and kind of doing Right like or a family outing, time. or could you? I mean, do they have VRBO? Do they have Airbnb? Right. Could you could you rent a house instead of going to a hotel? And that way, everybody everybody could, could have spent some more time together. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, look, Big Ed is getting a lot of slack this season, and I I do think the age difference makes the whole thing a little creepy. But he is starting to figure out after seeing the way she lives that yes, Big Ed, you are her meal ticket to America, and the fact that you. You didn't realize that all along makes you kind of naive. Yeah. Like you honestly thought this 23 year old girl was in love with you. I mean, you're, you're older than her father and I get it. There are people in relationships and there's a vast age difference. We, we saw Juliana and Michael last season. There's a big age difference there. They do still seem to be very much in love. I follow them on Instagram. Even them, they were like a three year long relationship before they even got to the point of marriage and stuff. This was three months. This is like three months. Like yep. do some due diligence and some searching within yourself to say okay you know what I know that there's this honeymoon phase of when you first meet someone and you like them and you want them to like you and you think everything's perfect but also okay what are the realities of this situation right right so I did hear a rumor about Rosemary that I'm not going to repeat because I have figured out that people don't like spoilers Aww. well we got a one star review when I repeated a rumor about The Bachelor which didn't even turn out to be true by the way uh, we'll be back with a new episode of Reality Bites next week make sure you look for us on Apple Podcasts Google Play wherever you listen to podcasts rate and subscribe